Welcome to another week of The Inches. Nick Lawson here, your co-host, the co-founder of a company called Squad Sports that helps sports teams and events connect fans to sponsors digitally. The Inches is a podcast that looks at uh, just how sponsorship is shifting uh, with the introduction of digital, which is a great segue in today's talk. But first, my co-host, episode number four. We haven't four? fired him yet. Yep, this is our fourth one. This is one. four? I thought we were on five. no. I might be wrong keep, on that. I, uh, uh, it might be four or five. Because, you see, I'm collecting all of these, and we'll be <laughs> releasing them on a best-of mm-hmm. uh, collection of uh, DVDs or cassettes. Yep. Eight-tracks. Eight-tracks. Something like that. As, as we talk okay. about digital. <laughs> all right. Well, you were introducing me. Yep. I interrupted you, so I'll just go ahead and finish. Absolutely. I am uh, uh, Nick Lawson's uh, co-host on this podcast. My name is Rich Franklin, and I am Vice President of Corporate Partnerships for the Portland Winterhawks hockey team of the Western Hockey League in Portland, Oregon. Yep, which it is beautiful now, today at least in Portland, Oregon, which last week we were talking about the rain. week before that, the sun. The <laughs> sun, now it's back to... Welcome to spring in the Northwest. Exactly. If you've never been here, one, if you come during the season, which the Winterhawks usually go to the playoffs, knock on wood, uh, <laughs> you'll, you can go all the way until April, but uh, definitely come to a Winterhawks game. Definitely come check out Portland, go. Oregon. Um, today's topic, which last week we talked a lot about kind of brand and fit. So how do you take a, um, the brands you're talking to, how do you make sure that they're fitting, whether that's asset wise, brand story wise, that kind of fits into today's topic, which really revolves around something I'm hearing a lot when talking to sponsorship people is you have this new and emerging technology and it really comes down to attention. We're spending a ton of time on our phones um, consuming and definitely advertisers want to be a part of that digital piece on the exact opposite side you have in-stadium signage you have back of pamphlet you even have maybe in some cases jersey sponsorship how you know which one is better this is almost the this versus that um, and, and trying to just define how to go about that do you go all digital do you go all in-stadium I think we all pretty much know the answer is probably a mixture of both. But uh, right before we got on, Rich was kind of bringing up some great stats. I'll start with this stat that I always bring up, which is 54% of total advertising spend within 2019 is predicted to be on digital initiatives. So some people see that stat and say, okay, it's shifting to digital. We need to go all digital. Uh, That's not the case just because it's only 54% right now. You definitely need to have it within your mix, but um, but there is sort of that place for that analog um, in stadium signage on that. But Rich has a great stat on attention and minutes here that he'll jump into. So Rich, yeah. I'll let you jump into that. <laughs> Excuse me. Well, one of the things that we talked about in our segment last week was uh, you know talking with your sponsors or your sponsor prospects, finding out what success looks like from their standpoint, making sure that you're matching your uh, team uh, assets, no matter what they are, to the desired outcome, uh-huh. to make sure that you're doing everything you can to to meet and exceed expectations uh, from your, your sponsor standpoint. <clears throat> One of the other things that uh, uh, we also have to take a look at, in addition to what the uh, sponsor needs, wants, and is looking for, is what are the differences in your fan base in terms of how they are consuming your product, uh, not just on game nights, but overall. And in a broader sense, what media are they using? In other words, what platform, and I don't, by platform I don't mean 
you know, Apple versus Android. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, television, radio, uh, you know, internet uh, apps, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> One of the things that I think it's um, interesting to take a look at is, is what's going on right now uh, with this sort of digital revolution that we're in. Um, and, and one of the statistics that I take a look at is uh, a report that's put out by Nielsen uh, called Share of Daily Time Spent by Platform mm-hmm. and how much differences there are between younger and older uh, media consumers. Mm-hmm. If you look at, I'm looking at the information right now in front of me, and this is for uh, Q3 of 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are an adult 50 to 64, uh, not quite half, 46% of your time spent uh, by platform was spent with television. And that's either live or time-shifted TV. You look at the digital uh, in terms of an app or using a smartphone for either the app or to or uh, surf the web, and it's about 20%. So you've got more than twice of the time spent by medium for adults 50 to 64 being spent in television as opposed to uh, using uh, an app or web on a smartphone. Now let's just go down and look at the 1834 adults. Guess what happens? Um, adults 1834, 22% of their daily time spent by platform is spent with television. 34% uh, is being spent on a smartphone. Yep. So a big part of how we need to look at this as <clears throat> sponsorship uh, professionals is not only what does the sponsor or sponsor prospect want in terms of success and results, but we also have to look at it from the standpoint of where are our consumers uh, spending their time and so forth. You may be hearing my phone ringing right there. It's probably another million dollar order. I'm just going to go ahead and kick that over to voicemail. Right yeah. Anyway, um, so part of this is, is again, taking a look at um, let me back up for just a second. We got into the digital with both feet about two years ago here at the Portland Winterhawks. The biggest reason why was because I saw that there was this budget shift taking place within my sponsors and prospects where entirely new budgets were being created in support of digital initiatives or money was being shifted around. Uh, I had one sponsor in particular that told me, you know, next year, 40% of our local marketing budget is going to be earmarked for digital initiatives. That sets off all kinds of alarms in my head. Mm -hmm. And I think about the the old saying about, you know, why does somebody rob a bank? Well, because that's where the money is. Mm -hmm. So why do we as an organization need to have robust digital offerings to go along with our static, our traditional quote-unquote offerings, it's because there's whole budgets that are now being devoted solely towards digital uh, engagement, digital initiatives, and if you want a piece of that money, you better have those products and they better be good ones. Mm -hmm. And I think you bring up a very good point as far as breaking the numbers down, especially for <clears throat> the brands that you're chatting with, right? So, for example, um, if you want to reach my age demographic, that 21 through you know 30, uh, I'm on my phone. I almost watch no television. I barely read the newspaper. 
I'm getting my information on different places. Right. Um, that doesn't mean that, okay, now we need to shift everything. You almost have to kind of segment and have a mix of both. This medium, this in-stadium signage is, might work great for this older segment, right? Or TV right. advertising is going to work great for this older mm-hmm. segment. But don't expect a younger brand to sign on for in-stadium billboard yeah. without some digital additives to it. doesn't mean, and we were talking about this earlier, it doesn't mean that you don't offer those within your assets because... Mm-hmm. You know, even in what we do here at the Winterhawks, our trivia almost brings new value to the scoreboard as an asset because it's using the phone to bring in that attention to it. Same with our corner, the Toyota corner, which is now a piece of the stadium that is activated and brings, again, part of that story of of bringing that connection. But, you know, what I... When I first got into this, I... and, And probably came into you, Rich, I was just like... Digital is 100% everything. Brands are asking for it. We need You need to do almost everything you do digital. Now I'm starting to see, no, there's... And I said, <laughs> just <clears throat> hold on, grasshopper. Yeah. And part of that, too, you're, I mean, you're right. Uh, there's there's a huge shift going on right now to, to a lot of uh, digital assets. <clears throat> but part of it is also taking a look at what you're already doing, mm-hmm. what you already have, and... Understanding that done properly, uh, digital, I'm going to call digital an active mm-hmm. uh, asset versus maybe stadium signage, which is more passive. Mm-hmm. Now, depending on what kind of stadium signage, maybe there's some action to it in the sense that, <clears throat> you know, if it's digital and you can change it up, mm-hmm. you know, or you're using it different ways. But, you know, let's, let's use a baseball example. Okay. Let's take a, 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 a sign out there up on the wall. Mm-hmm. In the outfield, mm-hmm. who's that going to reach? Well, it's going to reach hopefully everybody who's uh, sitting uh, in the stadium. Mm-hmm. It's going to reach if your games are, are televised, either on, on regular TV or, or streaming or however it is that you're doing it. Uh, yeah, you'll probably get some exposure there. <clears throat> but let's face it, it's static. It's there. It's just getting, being seen by a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am of the opinion that. One of the worst things that you can do is try to deliver too much information on a static uh, media like a ring board or a uh, outfield sign or something like that. So um, I always say to my sponsors, I want you to think of your ring board like you would a billboard next to the freeway. Mm-hmm. And people are traveling by at uh, 60 or 70 or 80 miles an hour, depending on on what part of the country you're in, mm-hmm. uh, and how bad your traffic is. But the idea is that you want to keep that message pretty simple and straightforward. It's going to be primarily branding. Maybe you put a tagline on there or something like that. But for crying out loud, don't try to put your website address and your phone number and your you know this, that, and the other thing all there. Understand that, that static signage is that. It's static signage and it's best used. So... You got that out, outfield board, and people are going to see it, mm-hmm. and you're going to use it for what it's best at, which is branding, maybe a little bit of messaging, a slogan, something along those lines. Here's where you come in with the digital. Digital gives you the opportunity to do a lot more in an active and engaging type of sense mm-hmm. with that partner. And you know, here at the Winterhawks, as we've discussed in uh, some of our previous, previous podcasts, we're doing a lot with 
uh, for example, fantasy gaming uh, through our app, where you can pick players that are skating around on the ice. Uh, do you think they're going to score a goal or get an assist? And if you do, you earn points, you earn rewards. Um, and it's got branding on it. Mm -hmm. If you're playing the trivia contest, again, it's engaging, you're trying to win a prize, um, and it's got branding on it and the opportunity to tie that in with some push messaging and things like that. So <clears throat> I don't think it's smart to use a digital asset necessarily just as a billboard. Mm -hmm. Take advantage of the, of the interactivity uh, and the engagement opportunities of your digital. Let's leave the branding opportunities a little bit more for those static elements. But again, you're using multiple platforms, multiple marketing assets within your organization to reach, to take advantage of what each of those does well and potentially reach different audience segments as well by age, particularly as we see. Uh -huh. Younger fans tend to be a whole lot more digitally engaged than older fans. Older fans are still involved with it as well, but depending on the age, they're using media, consuming media by platform in very different ways. Yeah, and, and to even bring it back to our first episode with the stunt, I'm just now thinking, to be honest with Toyota, and we we do a lot of stuff with Toyota here at the Winterhawks. To, they to, ought to be sponsoring this podcast. <laughs> right, they you should be. Them a lot, we need to we need talk to the dealers. But uh, <laughs> with Toyota, you know, the trivia is almost that stunt within itself, meaning that you may have walked by Toyota sign and you saw it, but maybe your brain didn't make that connection. And you see the truck, uh, you know, driving around, uh, you know, either on the ice or whatever. But trivia is almost that thing that pulls you in and says, hey, look at me. I'm Toyota. Right. I'm playing this thing that's very highly interactive. Now, every time I see Toyota now, I'm going to be a little more hypersensitive to that branding right. to where Again, trivia is, is maximizing the value of that rink board so you can tell the story to a sponsor. We're going to grab attention here because that's where attention is. And then with all of these other assets, it's going to continue that branding and attention because obviously the next goal is when that person's sitting there thinking, I want a new car. I wonder where I should go first. Toyota hopefully is ingrained in that yep. conversation. Yep, and that's where I think I mentioned early on that the, the saying that I heard one time was that Share of mind equals share of market. Mm -hmm. You know that really is is uh, is uh, is true. I believe. Mm -hmm. One of the other things too that <clears throat> that I like about digital is digital does give you the opportunity to engage your fan base outside of game day, game night, yep. and outside of the arena. Mm -hmm. um, I had a conversation just yesterday, uh, and it, it wasn't with Toyota. Mm -hmm. Uh, it was with, uh, I'll just identify them as a, uh, well, I could say who it was. It was uh, Jack in the Box. Mm -hmm. They're our uh, quick service restaurant partner. Mm -hmm. And we were kicking around all kinds of different ideas. And one of the um, ideas that we, uh, that we brainstormed on was how do we engage our fans outside of a game night and outside of the arena? Well, the idea that we came up with uh, was to use our app, which is already loaded on the phone, and the majority of our app users, the overwhelming majority of our app users, have given the okay for push notifications. Mm -hmm. Why don't we do something tied to uh, some, some of digital's geo-targeting opportunities that if somebody is driving around, it's not a game day, it could be in the middle of summer, 
uh, but the Winterhawks aren't necessarily playing. They've got their, their smartphone sitting there next to them in the car, and they're driving by a jack-in-the-box restaurant, and a little opportunity pops up, a little basically coupon pops up that says, hey, you're near a, a jack-in-the-box restaurant. Uh, Winterhawks fans, uh, you know, get a special discount or get a special offer or it's a free order of fries or something along those lines. And and they loved it. They thought it was just a great idea. It's an opportunity to uh, still tap into the to the passion and connectivity that we have with our fan base. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we've taken that through the miracle of digital marketing and apps and things like that. Um, and we are able to connect that sponsor, that corporate partner, with our fan base anywhere that they're going throughout the greater Portland metro area, day, night, yeah. in season, out of season, whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's the, you know, people, we always we always say, hey, digital spend is happening 54%. This is the macro. Digital budgets are opening 40% from some sponsors. But I think the big thing there, especially with that jack-in-the-box uh, case study is their biggest problem isn't, hey, I need to reach people on the phone. It's, look, we give out coupons, paper-wise, and sometimes they're used and sometimes they're not and sometimes people lose them. I think this is a great opportunity for right now, as I'm driving by this restaurant, I can give you an offer that's going to make you really push toward a sale. Yeah. And really digital is solving that problem. It's not just going to Jack in the Box and saying, hey, Let's do some digital stuff. It's saying, look, you want to get people into your restaurant. Yeah. We already do this paper coupon thing. Let's see how. Let's see if digital coupons are redeemed at a higher rate. Punchline, they are. But that's how. That's how. You know. Again, thinking of not just not just saying the hey, digital's the the sexy word right now. We're actually using something like that to fit their goals, like we talked about last week, um, and making it easier. And that's. I think that's overwhelming why partners are going toward more digital things because digital just makes it easier not only to access but to drive some sales. Yeah. Well, and the other thing, too, that, that we discussed with Jack in the Box yesterday was a lot of times fast food restaurants are kind of all clustered together in mm-hmm. the same area. You've got multiple choices. You know, you got brand A over here. you got brand B over there. Uh, the chicken place is down the road. The roast beef place is over there. You know, they're all in the same area. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what are we going to do? Well, suddenly, if because of your um, sponsorship with the Portland Winterhawks and because of our connection with that fan, mm-hmm. an offer comes up, hey, Winterhawks fans, stop by, you know, the jack-in-the-box. Mm-hmm. And somebody's like, well, hey, there's a jack-in-the-box right over there. Yep. And get your, you know, show this coupon to get your free order of fries. Well, a lot of times that right there is enough to to make the decision for them, um, and, and oftentimes it's being um, delivered. You, you, you talk about the, the the proximity of delivering the offer or the message to uh, the purchase. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're now maybe you're just driving by. I don't know, but if you're in that area, maybe you're thinking about, hey, I'm going to grab something to eat here, mm-hmm. um, and have the opportunity through a digital. Uh, sponsorship element to deliver a special offer to your fan uh, right at the time that they're trying to make a decision. I mean, good grief. That's, that is, the value on that is sky high. Yeah. And uh, I, I think that, that using those kinds of opportunities, and, you know, it's a little bit more advanced 
than, than maybe a lot of teams are, are getting involved with right now. Mm -hmm. But you're seeing it happen. If you use the Waze app mm -hmm. as, a, as a for instance, um, and, and I'm presuming that uh, most people are familiar with it, but basically it's, it's like a lot of navigation apps. Mm -hmm. and it, it uses um, an app on your smartphone to you plug in the address to where you want to go and it tells you the quickest route. Mm -hmm. Well, as you're driving along there, Hey, where's all these little logos that are popping up? Well, you know, hey, there's a restaurant logo and there's the tire store logo. And so as you're driving along, <clears throat> it's letting you know uh, that uh, just 50 feet ahead or at the next exit or whatever it may be, there's this particular restaurant or that particular store or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. So again, they see that there's, it, it's important to deliver that message uh, at a time when they are in very close physical proximity to where that purchase could be made, yep. um, it's the perfect time to do it. And uh, you know, all frankly, all we're doing. If anybody from Waze is listening, uh, <laughs> love your product. Uh, you know, hope you don't mind that we're kind of uh, <clears throat> borrowing. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's it's all part of this crazy new digital world in which we live. And, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, it gives us as as uh, sports or event. Sponsorship folks, uh, just another way to not not I don't mean just another product to sell, but just another way to engage our fans uh, on behalf of the of the sponsor and uh, and deliver that message with alarming accuracy and yeah. immediacy. Yeah, and I think so. I think the big thing there too is sometimes we forget in all of sales that. Um, but especially for sponsorship, is we are essentially selling advertising. Now, we have a very niched, a very influence, influential piece of advertising, but um, we need to incorporate some of these things that other advertisers are using because if we don't incorporate that digital, whether that's that location service that's going to give you the offer, right, yeah. or whether that's you know a, a game that's going to be on a phone, when a brand starts thinking, okay, what are my options here, right? I have this much dollars. This is my goal. What are my options? Unless you have at least something on those lines, uh, it doesn't have to be a fully integrated location service piece, but it can be something that's going to grab on the phone that gives enough justification to the sponsorship person to basically say, well, I can actually do this. I love the experience. I love the rink boards and how that fits towards branding. I see the overall you know, storyline here of how we're going to go from a fan seeing our logo right. at a game to purchasing. Um, I want to, you know, and I always say this, and correct me if I'm wrong, for most of the brands I speak to, everybody wants to sponsor a sports team because it's fun. You get tickets. It should and, be fun. Yeah, exactly. It better be fun. Right? And, and, and it's almost, you, you almost have a level up to where you can say, you know, you can only have a smaller piece of this and, and a brand might choose you over Facebook ads because you have that fun factor. But if you don't have those tools, then it's really hard for that brand manager to go to their boss or their, their you know, their head of finance and say, I'm going to spend on this. The first question might be, well, you know, it's not as trackable. There's not ROI there. How do you do this? That for us as sports teams and events, if we can just trickle those little pieces in as we transition, doesn't have to be a huge transition we can start playing on that field and, as you said earlier, grab some of that 40% of the sponsorship budget where last year, without it, maybe we have none of it. We can grab none of that and it opens more revenue. Well, it's, and it's just to kind of wrap this up, I mean, 
you almost have to think of yourself less as a baseball team or, or less as a soccer team or less as a hockey team and more of a media and marketing organization. Mm -hmm. And within your organization, within your portfolio, you've got a variety of products that reach a variety of fans in a variety of ways. Mm -hmm. The advantage that you have over traditional broadcast media, the newspaper, print media, whatever it may be, when you're in sports, you've got passion. People are passionate about their sport, they're passionate about their team, they're passionate about their players. And what a sports sponsorship is able to deliver is a multi-asset, multi-platform partnership mm -hmm. that taps into that passion, takes advantage of that passion, and delivers that sponsor partner message to those fans. Mm -hmm. The thing you've got to be careful of, you don't want to be blatantly commercial, quote-unquote, about it. Yep. Now, sometimes, yeah, you've got a, a radio broadcast or a TV broadcast, sure, you're going to have commercials within that. But let's take a TV broadcast as, as an example. Are there opportunities to integrate that sponsor message into the broadcast elements itself? Maybe they're sponsoring a feature, something along those lines. Yes, you can still run the 30-second creative uh, that you pay, paid your ad agency uh, an ungodly amount of money to develop and produce, and that's okay. Uh, but, you know, are there other opportunities to integrate your brand and your brand message within whatever it is going on around that team or that game? Mm -hmm. And that's where I think you have to take a look, getting back to the original question or premise that we were talking about, is there are certain assets that are more appropriate for certain audiences and certain kinds of messages than other assets. And as, a, as the sponsorship person, uh, make sure that you are matching the asset to the message, the message to the asset, the asset to the fan that's more likely going to see it and see how it's being consumed. And as I said, the difference between uh, more active opportunities versus more passive opportunities um, and use it to create a, a, a well-balanced uh, plan uh, using multiple assets, taking advantage of the pros and cons of each uh, to, to help your sponsor uh, reach their goal. Yeah, absolutely. Pretty simple, isn't it? Yeah, right. It, it only took us like <laughs> 20. 30 years to figure that out. Oh, right. anyway. um, awesome. Well, that I think that's a great place to kind of end on this which kind of segues into what I was thinking about talking next week. Um, you've gone from, hey, very little digital to a lot of implementation of digital. I obviously help teams implement that. Um, would love next week to go over kind of a game plan. I think what a lot of teams, when we chat with them, I don't want to say scared, but reluctant to, hey, you know, we could put a ton of time into this and it not work type of deal. So what's that step one where you may be a team out there that has no digital. You have no assets. Maybe you're doing some branded tweets and that's it. And it's kind of a where do we start? Where do we? There's so do we many different options out there. Where do we start with this? Exactly. Yeah. So, so next week, let's let's dive into that so that hopefully, again, the goal of this podcast is to give you all value. And, you know, we've definitely been getting the comments back that this is value and it's helping you out. Um, you know, the goal, again, the goal of the podcast is that, you know, again, Rich has been in the industry for decades 
Um, I've been in the industry it makes me for sound so old, <laughs> but it sounds I mean, me, I, makes I, me sound so I young. Swear and I'm only 53. It's not that old, <laughs> but no, it's, right. it's it's valuable. Um, and and I just wanted to take that value and push it out to to everybody who's starting out or or people again. Maybe you're at a point where you're plateauing and you just can't get something sold. Hopefully, this podcast. All, all I'll say there. is, if your if your team and your organization isn't taking digital seriously. Uh, isn't putting serious effort into tapping into those buckets of money, you are truly missing the boat. Mm-hmm. It, it is, it's happening, it's happening now. Uh, if you're not doing it, and not to sound like a sales pitch for Nick, but <laughs> if you're not doing it, um, and, and you really should be, and I'll, I'll tell you from firsthand experience, um, in my case, with the Portland Winter Hawks hockey team, this was not a situation of switching dollars. This was incremental or new money. Mm-hmm. Uh, for us, and uh, you know, if you're looking at that budget, how you're going to be uh, meeting and exceeding it next year, take a look at what you are doing or could be doing from a digital standpoint. Go after those targeted digital dollars. You'll not be disappointed. Yeah, absolutely. Which is perfect for next week because we'll we'll get you kick started on that first there step. Get you on the route. So thanks so much, everybody, for listening. Uh, again, Nick Lawson here. If you want to get a hold of me. Uh, we post these on LinkedIn. Definitely connect with me on LinkedIn. That's probably the best way to get in contact and, and engage with me. Um, my uh, name, I guess there's no tags on LinkedIn, so it's just Nick Lawson, co-founder of Squad Sports. Rich has an email to reach out to as well, well as LinkedIn, so I'm on LinkedIn. I'll let yeah. you get into that. Uh, again, Rich Franklin, uh, Vice President of Corporate Partnerships for the Portland Winterhawks hockey team, or if you prefer to go the email route, richf, R-I-C-H-F, at Winterhawks. Perfect. Thanks so much for listening. If you have any feedback, any comments, you didn't like what we said, comment on LinkedIn, shoot us a message. We might even have it. If you liked what you heard, please comment and give us a high rating. If you didn't like what you heard, please don't. (laughs) Hang up immediately. Do stop listening right now. Um, But no, luckily, again, we're getting a lot of engagement and, and people pushing back that this is valuable. Are you getting recognized on the street like I am now? No, I'm not. No? Though, no. isn't there a Rich Franklin who's a UFC fighter? Oh, you're right. <laughs> so that might be it. People that's might just it. see the name. That's it. Because I wear everything I wear has my name, Rich Franklin. Yeah, there's, there's not too many famous Nick Lawsons out there. So not yet. Like it. Not yet. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Well, thanks so much for listening. Definitely tune in next week. Uh, we're excited to have you uh Listening on here and, and staying with us is the Inches Podcast. Nick and Rich signing out.